Caucus Media Networks. This is America's First News. This morning with your host, Gordon Deal. Tennessee Twisters. Good morning, I'm Gordon Deal, along with Dom Savino, in for Jennifer Koshenka on this Monday, December 11th. Glad you could be with us. Here's what we have for you this hour. Residents in parts of northern Tennessee are assessing the damage from at least two deadly tornadoes that struck over the weekend. The president of the University of Pennsylvania resigned after her testimony on campus anti-Semitism. The focus is now on Harvard's president. The White House is ramping up efforts to get further aid for Ukraine, even opening the door to border security demands from Republicans. And prepping your mindset for travel during the holidays. Some of the best things to do when when you're approaching these busy holiday periods are just prepare to be patient. You know, the airports are going to be crowded. Leave yourself extra time when you get there uh, to go through security and that sort of thing. Zach Wichter at USA Today on the best and worst days to fly. A nightmare of a weekend weather-wise in Tennessee, where hundreds of people are displaced or facing long stretches without electricity. Severe storms that tore through the central part of the state killed six people Saturday and sent at least 60 others to area hospitals as homes and businesses were damaged in multiple cities. Here's Governor Bill Lee. There are victims whose lives are devastated and will never be the same. There are victims who have family members that they'll never see again. Three people, including a child, were killed after the National Weather Service as parts of Hendersonville and the Nashville suburb of Madison were slammed by a tornado. Northwest of there, another three people were killed in Clarksville, where a tornado carved a path more than 11 miles long. I look up in the sky and the entire sky across the street is just spinning. And I'm, I'm looking at it, and the wind is picking up. I can see the debris starting to fly, and it just started coming down. Officials in some areas declared local states of emergency, opened shelters, and closed several schools for today. The lead negotiator for Senate Democrats says the White House will step up its engagement with lawmakers trying to strike a bipartisan deal that would provide military aid for Ukraine and Israel while tightening U.S. border security. That's what Connecticut Senator Chris Murphy told NBC News's Meet the Press. Republicans have insisted that additional funding for Ukraine must be paired with major border security changes. But a bipartisan group of senators trying to broker a compromise have made little progress with less than a week before Congress leaves for a Christmas break. Oklahoma Senator James Langford on CBS's Face the Nation. We've got to be able to solve this crisis with 10,000 plus people a day on average just this last week crossing every day and half a million so far in the last two months. We can't just sit and say we're going to do nothing. President Biden, who is seeking re-election next year, has struggled with record numbers of migrants attempting to cross the U.S.-Mexico border illegally. Republicans have criticized him for rolling back some restrictive policies of former President Trump, currently the leading candidate for his party's nomination. The president of the University of Pennsylvania has resigned after statements she made about anti-Semitism at a congressional hearing last Tuesday when Liz McGill and colleagues from other schools were asked if calls for the genocide of Jewish people would constitute harassment. None of the responses provided an outright yes. Pennsylvania Governor Josh Shapiro at a rally at a Philadelphia synagogue yesterday. The purposeful gathering of a mob outside of a restaurant simply because it is owned by a Jewish person, well, that's anti-Semitism. 
With Ms. McGill stepping down Saturday, the spotlight has turned to her counterpart from Harvard University, Claudine Gay. She, too, failed to say that calls for the genocide of Jews was explicitly against campus harassment and bullying codes. Rallies on campuses often feature chants such as, quote, from the river to the sea, Palestine will be free, which many interpret as a call for the elimination of Israel as a Jewish country. Dell's holiday event is one of their biggest sales of the year. Shop limited time deals on laptops like the stylish, innovative XPS 13, engineered to do it all on the Intel Evo platform. Plus, save big on ultra-sharp monitors and top-brand accessories. The perfect time to upgrade any home, business, or gaming setup powered by Intel Core processors. Shop now at dell.com deals to take advantage of huge savings and free shipping on everything. That's dell.com deals. Thanks for spending time with us. Welcome into Monday. Democrats are stuck between a rock and a hard place when it comes to President Biden, as growing concerns over his age and polling numbers are still regarded as insufficient to warrant a plan B for the 2024 election. In addition, the windows are closing for a plan B to get on state ballots. Here's Rachel Schilke, reporter at The Washington Examiner. Rachel, what are you hearing? So there has been a lot of chatter recently and over the last few months about Biden's reelection chances. And so at age 81, he's the oldest president in U.S. history. And so despite physicians saying that he is doing well, there's been a lot of instances that the media has capitalized on, whether it's his trips and falls, whether it's losing his train of thought, just different instances that have caused at least two thirds of his own party to believe that he's too old to stay president. And so a lot of other polling suggests that former President Donald Trump, if he's the Republican nominee, he's going to be the one that is going to face off against Biden. And he may actually defeat Biden in a lot of key battleground states. So this is putting Democrats kind of in two wheelhouses. Some Democrats believe that they have no concerns, that they think that Biden will defeat Trump and that anything else is just wild speculation. The other half are people who are basically conceding, saying that, well, there really is no other option than Joe Biden, so we have to go forward. Boy. Uh, Gavin Newsom, the governor of California, I think doesn't see it that way. Is one reason he's uh, debating Ron DeSantis Thursday night, correct? Yes, yes. So that will be interesting to see, I think, especially as uh, Governor Newsom is kind of setting up his national base here. It is possible that he could be seeking a presidential run in 2024. He says that he isn't, but we've all heard that before. So it's very possible that he could throw his name in there. Um, another quote unquote potential replacement could be Vice President Kamala Harris. But a lot of polling has suggested that neither Harris nor Newsom can defeat Trump. And Biden is the one with the closest margin to Trump. So that's why a lot of Democrats are saying even if Biden isn't our most favorable option. He's our best option. We're speaking with Rachel Schilke, reporter at the Washington Examiner. Her story is called Democrats losing Biden backup plan as primary deadlines pass. Touch on those deadlines a little bit. What's passed at this point? Why, why, why does it become difficult? Yeah, so the primary ballot deadlines in a lot of states have already passed, like South Carolina, Georgia, and Nevada. Those are our pretty early primary states. And then states like California, Illinois, and Michigan, their deadlines are approaching in the next couple of weeks, next month. And so any future Democratic candidate who wants who ends up being selected, if it's not Joe Biden, will be at a disadvantage because their name will not appear on the primary ballot. So that will be a strike in the column for them. And also it will be very hard to find 
a nominee at the end of it all, if Joe Biden backs out, it's going to be very hard for a nominee to get over 4,000 delegates to vote for them, especially if Biden wins in a lot of these primary races. Yeah. The, uh, the, the Congressman Dean Phillips and uh, Marianne Williamson, not factors here, not seen as a viable plan B? Not really. They're pulling almost 60 points lower than President Biden. So even though the party is worried about Biden's chances, they are still rallying around him. They're still largely united, saying that they expect him to win the nomination regardless over his concerns of electability. I think it was a Democratic strategist in your story who said something like uh, the vice president, meaning Kamala Harris, scares no one. Yes, yes. Uh, Rauder spoke with a senior Democrat, and basically they said there is no plan B. So if Biden were suddenly not to run, the vice president scares no one. So they are concerned that Vice President Harris would not be able to do the job against Trump, or if somebody else is chosen as a Republican nominee, they are worried that she won't be able to put up a fight against them either. Boy, I, I, I guess to a certain extent, too, the elephant in the room still is Joe Manchin, right? The the West Virginia senator who said he's not running for re-election to the Senate and sort of, uh, I don't know, likes to hear speculation that he might run like as a no-labels candidate. Yes, and there's been a lot of speculation that he and maybe even outgoing Senator Mitt Romney might team up together. So that could be a very interesting wrench in the plan for both Republicans and Democrats. Thanks, Rachel. Rachel Schilke, reporter at The Washington Examiner. This portion of the program is brought to you by Policy Genius. The holiday season is all about family, and it's a good time to remind ourselves of how important our responsibility is to protect the ones we love. That includes planning to secure their future. Life insurance is an easy way to give your family peace of mind. Kelly and I both have policies. It provides a safety net, so if something were to happen to you, your family can cover expenses while getting back on their feet. With Policy Genius, you can find life insurance policies that start at just $292 per year for a million dollars of coverage. Some options offer same-day approval and avoid unnecessary medical exams. Policy Genius has licensed award-winning agents who can help you find the best fit. They work for you, not the insurance companies. That means they don't have an incentive to recommend one insurer over another. Your family deserves peace of mind. A life insurance policy through Policy Genius can give it to them. Visit policygenius.com to get your free life insurance quotes and see how much you could save. That's policygenius.com. Again, policygenius.com. 20 minutes after the hour on this morning. Here's Dom Savino. And now, the three big things you need to know. Number one. President Biden and Ukrainian President Volodymyr Zelensky are set to meet at the White House tomorrow as the Biden administration looks to secure new aid for Ukraine. The White House wants to strike a deal with GOP lawmakers before Congress leaves Friday for a Christmas break. But there hasn't been much progress in recent weeks as Republicans look to pair additional Ukrainian funding with significant border security measures. Number two. Amid renewed calls for a ceasefire, the UN's relief agency says civil order is breaking down in Gaza as Israel expands its fight against Hamas. On ABC, Secretary of State Antony Blinken urged Israel to do more to protect Palestinians. There's a gap between the intent and the, re and the results, and that's the gap that we're trying to make sure is closed. Look, this could be over tomorrow. This could be over tomorrow. 
If Hamas got out of the way of civilians instead of hiding behind them. Israeli forces say they have struck 3,500 targets in Gaza in the last 10 days. Number three. The Texas Supreme Court has temporarily blocked a ruling that would have allowed a woman to get an abortion. In a court filing, Texas AG Ken Paxton argues fertility risks don't qualify as a life-threatening condition under the state's strict abortion laws. Jonathan Stone represents the attorney general's office. Plaintiffs have not shown that they will suffer an immediate and irreparable injury. The woman's doctors say carrying the fetus to term would risk the woman's future fertility. U.S. military officials say an Air Force pilot safely ejected from his F-16 flight fighter today before the jet crashed into the sea near South Korea. The pilot is in stable condition. Officials say the pilot was on a routine training flight and was forced to abort after an unspecified emergency. In the final minute of last night's Chiefs-Bills game, it was one of the greatest plays that did not count. Here they come again. There's a flag down at the line of scrimmage as the pass is to an open Travis Kelsey who flings it back over to Tony. My goodness, this is going for a touchdown. Jim Nance with the call on CBS as Chiefs tight end Travis Kelsey lateraled to teammate Kadarius Tony for what looked like the go-ahead score, except the flag was an offsides call against Tony, so the play didn't count. The Chiefs eventually turned it over, and the Bills hung on to win. You know, I, I watched that play as it happened live. That's the only time I saw it because CBS <laughs> never showed a replay. <laughs> they showed uh, Patrick Mahomes yelling at the refs. Uh, right, right. They spent 10 minutes showing Patrick Mahomes losing his mind on the sidelines, <laughs> but never saw the replay. Uh, thank you, Dom. The most comprehensive global look at test scores since the pandemic shows learning loss is a stubborn worldwide problem with American 15-year-olds experiencing similar or slightly less Severe setbacks compared with peers in other countries. More from Matt Barnum, education reporter at The Wall Street Journal. Matt, give us takeaways. There's no American exceptionalism here on the issue of learning loss, which, you know, d depends on what you think, whether that's a good or a bad thing. But America has seen a lot of learning loss from our national tests. Now we see in international tests that the U.S. drops substantially on math. We see other countries drop substantially on math as well. And other countries dropped a lot on reading. The U.S., interestingly, didn't drop by any statistically significant degree in reading and science. So if there's good news here, it's that things held steady between 2018 and 2022 on reading and science scores. Okay. Is that a measure of uh, in-person classroom versus remote learning? Well, that's the interesting thing is the U.S. appears to have kept schools in some parts of the country remote longer than many other countries. And yet we didn't fare worse on these international tests. So it's a bit of a mystery as to why. We do know within the U.S. that remote learning was linked to worse results within schools or districts. So did any countries do noticeably better, say, during the pandemic? You know, it, it was... There were some that did less bad, and you could put the U.S. in the less bad category. I would I, I think there were very few countries that did that really stood out as like they did really well. Um, some there, there were some that didn't lose a great deal of learning, and the U.S. was one that didn't lose a great deal in in reading, unlike some other countries. Okay, we're speaking with Matt Barnum, education reporter at the Wall Street Journal. His story is called "Learning Loss Hit the U.S. Hard." It's as bad or worse across the world. What about uh, all the money that was spent here to kind of help students catch up post-pandemic? 
Right. So this is a line that the Biden administration um, is is claiming that the money made kept schools in the game is, I believe, a paraphrase of what the secretary of education, uh, Miguel Cardona, said, that things would have been a lot worse if there hadn't been all this money sent out to schools from this administration and from the prior administration. You know, the experts I I talked to said, we don't really have good evidence on that one way or another. We're going to have to have more data and more rigorous analyses to see whether that money ended up making a difference or not. In this study, does it matter who was measured or tested here? Um, So this was just a test of 15-year-olds, and they didn't have super detailed data on, you know, broken down by student group, but it was a test of a sample of American 15-year-olds. Okay. So uh, are, are we still behind? Is that a fair characterization at this point? Actually, the answer is yes and no. Yes, in math, the U.S. does at best average and probably a bit below average in math. But contrary to conventional wisdom, the U.S. actually does pretty well relative to other countries in science and reading. So relative to other developed countries, the the U.S. is well above average in science and reading, but not math. Thanks, Matt. Matt Barnum, education reporter at The Wall Street Journal. 30 minutes now after the hour on This Morning, America's First News. Did you know traditional bed sheets harbor as much bacteria as a toilet seat? The germs in your sheets can cause acne, allergies, stuffy noses, and other gross ailments. Fears, though, that you can put to bed with Miracle Made bed sheets. Miracle Made uses silver infused fabrics inspired by NASA that are thermoregulating to keep you at a perfect temperature all night. Miracle Made is self cleaning, self cooling, luxurious, eco friendly bedding designed to protect your skin for more restorative rest. My wife and I love them. Now, my listeners can have a clean night's sleep while saving over 40% and sleep cool all summer and warm all winter. The website, trymiracle.com slash Gordon. Claim your free three-piece towel set and save over 40% at checkout. Miracle-made products are backed with a 30-day money-back guarantee. Again, the website, trymiracle.com slash Gordon. trymiracle.com slash Gordon to save big. You can sleep cool, comfy, and clean. Miracle-made bedding, NASA-inspired for out-of-this-world comfort. Sleep clean with Miracle. Thanks for being with us. Welcome into Monday, December 11. Gordon Deal with Dom Savino in for Jennifer Koshenka. Some of our top stories and headlines clean up in Tennessee after weekend tornadoes killed six in the northern part of the state. A house explosion in upstate New York left one person dead and multiple homes severely damaged in Oneonta. The president of UPenn has stepped down after her congressional testimony about campus anti-Semitism. Elon Musk has reinstated the ex-account of Sandy Hook conspiracy theorist Alex Jones. Cowboys over the Eagles in Sunday night football, Packers and Giants in the Monday night game, and how a 70-pound dog wound up in a tree. That story in about 20 minutes. This portion of the program is brought to you by Dell. Holiday event is one of Dell's biggest sales of the year. Save on laptops like the XPS 13, engineered to do it all on the Intel Evo platform and more. Shop now at dell.com slash deals. Holiday travel season is here, and maybe people are dusting off their suitcases. For those who haven't traveled in a while, heading to the airport can seem daunting, but a little planning and some know-how can help make the trip relatively smooth. Insight from Zach Wichter, who writes the Cruising Altitude column at USA Today. Zach, help us out. So obviously the the Thanksgiving sort of demand peak just came and went, uh, and now we're heading into the Christmas and New Year's travel period. 
um, and those are typically also really busy. Airports can be really crowded around the holidays. Um, and yeah, I think some of the best things to do when, when you're approaching these busy holiday periods are just prepare to be patient. You know, the airports are gonna be crowded. Leave yourself extra time when you get there. Uh, to go through security and that sort of thing. Um, it may be a little late now to sort of plan your holiday travel in terms of booking tickets. If you haven't already, you're probably going to be praying, paying a pretty penny for those. Um, but if you are still in the planning stages, it's a good idea to look at earlier in the day flights because those are typically less likely to be delayed. Um, and to try to travel on some of the more off-peak days, you know, Give yourself some padding around the holidays so that you uh, have a um, so that you're not basically traveling with the biggest crowds. Okay, biggest crowds will be when coming up here. Yes, yeah, so it's looking like most people are expected to fly out for their holiday trips on December 21st and 22nd and return on the 28th and 29th. So those are going to be your peak travel days. If you can avoid those, you're probably going to experience less crowding in the airports. Mm. We're speaking with Zach Wichter, travel writer at USA Today. He's written a piece about the best and worst airports to fly and the best days to fly. Um, generally speaking, you're better off at like the smaller regional airports? Uh, yes and no. So there are definitely, in terms of the crowding, those more smaller regional airports are going to be way easier to navigate. Uh, in my experience, though, the drawback to those is because they have fewer flights and because Airlines typically just have a smaller presence at those regional airports. If something does go wrong, if your flight gets canceled, if there's a weather system in your area, it may be harder to get rebooked uh, if you're at a smaller airport. So it's definitely a, a sort of balancing act of do I want to, you know, deal with fewer crowds um, but possibly run into more issues if something goes wrong, or do I want to put up with crowds uh, and then um, have more flexibility if my flight gets canceled or delayed. So, so I would say that in those situations, it's kind of a matter of personal preference, like a pick your poison situation. Okay. And then, uh, I mean, are we booking weeks out, months out to get the best price? Does that not matter anymore thanks to the internet? How does that work? Yeah, I mean, obviously, uh, airfare pricing is always a little bit of a fungible exercise like it, it, it's hard to say for sure oh book you know on the tuesday yeah. three weeks before your flight or whatever but um experts are basically saying that uh, especially around the holidays the sooner you book the better um you know airlines know that these are high demand periods they know that they can charge premium prices around the holidays and so it's typically good to get out in front of the demand. The sooner you book for the holidays, the more likely you are to get a better deal. If you book too last minute, they'll know that like, oh, this person is probably, you know, pretty desperate to travel and we can charge yeah. them a little bit extra for that. And when it comes to uh, any customer service related issues, check your diva attitude in <laughs> your check on luggage, right? Yeah, that's right. I mean, you know, everyone in the airport around the holidays is stressed, including the employees. They have a lot of stressed passengers to deal with. And so the nicer you are to them, the nicer you are to your fellow travelers, the smoother the experience is going to be for everyone. Yeah. Don't open the door when the plane's on the tarmac. 
No, absolutely do not do that. It is a federal crime. Thanks, Zach. Zach Wichter, he writes the Cruising Altitude column for USA Today. Today's mic drop is brought to you by Dell. For your small business needs, call a Dell Technologies advisor today at 877-ASK-DELL. It's time now for the mic drop with this morning's Mike Gavin. Good morning. Well, you know, it might be the most wonderful time of the year for some, but for others, it's the perfect time to dump their significant other. If you've been planning on ending things with your other half sooner rather than later, then you're in good company. As today, Monday, December 11th, has been called the most popular day of the year to get dumped. The mirror cites data accumulated from social media, predominantly Facebook, to determine that this is the busiest day for breaking up. They also say research shows that the season for ending relationships actually starts weeks earlier, around Thanksgiving. This is affectionately known as the turkey dump, since it's the first time that many high school sweethearts get to see each other after leaving for college. Although, if you wanted to go solo for Christmas, it might actually be too late. According to popular sentiment, December 6th is the cutoff point before the holidays for ending a relationship without giving a gift. Therefore, you have two options for today. Buy them something small that won't hurt too much if they throw it at you after you dump them, Mm. or just wait until January. I like that. So December 6th is actually the design day. I I get it. Yeah. Yes. Come yeah. That, that's yeah. That's the, the the cutoff day, or else again, you better have a nice gift, uh, I guess, to perhaps you know smooth it over a little bit. Man, Although ouch. I don't know if the, I don't know that that's going to help. To well, be honest, it's like uh, once you get into like uh, I don't know, like ten days before Christmas, it's an absolute no no. You just got to ride out the misery if you can't stand being in a relationship. I think that's right. you know if, again if yeah if you want to be a good member of society, Gordon, yes, that that's what you do. I know not everybody does that, yeah. but uh, that would be advisable according uh, to this data. Man, yes. that's yep, that's that's awkward. Okay, okay. Yes, good luck all. And uh, there are some stories that warrant investigation just based on the headline. In this case, the attention grabber is Pennsylvania neighborhood terrorized by free-roaming cattle herd. The details are a little less dramatic, but still not fun for residents of Mars Township, PA. Locals say the cows have made repeated visits to their homes, causing damage to yards, gardens, and holiday displays. They say the cows even sometimes bring bulls along for the visit, like some sort of bizarre bovine date night. One man told the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette that a bull wound up sleeping next to his neighbor's car and railed against all the droppings the animals are leaving behind around the neighborhood. The animals belong to a nearby farm, and the farm's owner said fences on his property were damaged by trees, allowing the cows to wander as they please. He said repairs were being made, but in the meantime, the reign of terror continues. Man, that's really something. That's really something. I, Yeah, what were you going to say? No, I was going to say the the cows are one thing, but uh, the bulls coming on down to hang out as well. Yeah. I, I could, I guess that's the terror part, right? I guess cows aren't you know particularly terrorizing by themselves, but if they're bringing their bull boyfriends along with them, that could be scary. It's like double trouble. That's unbelievable. Yeah. Get the fences fixed, my man. Yeah, I don't know. It's not uh, not at all in a hurry, I guess, to get these fences fixed. Meanwhile, there's a uh, you know who knows how much uh, droppings they're having to avoid in this in this neighborhood with the cows and bulls roaming around. I, I think the only saving grace might be that the weather has turned, so it's not July or August where those droppings might smell a little differently in the summer than they do now. Okay, sure. You know? Well, look on the the bright side. Right? I'm not That's, sure these folks are going to uh, agree I, with you, but uh, that, that is one way to look at this it. This is the only only thing I can come up with here, man. All right. Thank you, Mike. 
Hey everyone, it's Gordon Deal here to talk about some of the most fun you can have if you love sports, and that's with Prize Picks. Prize Picks is the largest daily fantasy sports platform in North America. You pick more than or less than on a handful of player projections and watch the winnings roll in. For example, mix and match football and basketball. Maybe your entry is Christian McCaffrey for more than 99 yards rushing and Jason Tatum for fewer than eight rebounds. If you know your stuff, you can turn 10 bucks into $250 with just a few taps. My friends and I love it. To get started and have your first deposit matched up to $100, go to prizepicks.com slash deal and use code deal. Also, if a player you pick gets injured and leaves the game, PrizePix is the only daily fantasy sports platform with an injury insurance policy. Your player is rebooted. prizepicks.com slash deal and use the code deal. That's prizepicks.com slash deal and the code deal. Again, prizepicks.com slash deal and code deal. Thanks for spending time with us. If you've missed anything, be sure to check out a podcast of today's show. It's available every day on the This Morning with Gordon Deal app, plus on Apple, Google, or wherever you get your podcasts. GoFundMe has become a go-to place to raise money for, what, charity, right? To give financial aid to a friend, a relative, even a complete stranger. A year ago, many people turned to it to help pay for groceries and baby formula because of high inflation. But now, the crowdfunding site is seeing a spike in users trying to collect cash to help pay off their student loans. GoFundMe says accounts dedicated to fundraising for student loan debt spiked 40% in October of this year compared with the previous year. Interest began accruing on these loans again in September after more than three years on pause and payments resumed in October. So amid the restart, many of the more than 44 million student loan borrowers are looking for help in lessening their debt load. The average U.S. student loan borrower is carrying about $37,000 in federal loans. April Faith, a 30-year-old truck driver living in Chicago, turned to GoFundMe to help pay off some of her $150,000 in student loan debt from earning an undergraduate degree in fashion as well as getting a coding boot camp certification. It's eight minutes now in front of the hour on This Morning. Once again, here's Tom Savino. And now, the three big things you need to know. Number one. At least six people were killed in Tennessee over the weekend after tornadoes and severe weather carved through the state. Three of the deaths happened after an EF-3 tornado devastated the northern city of Clarksville, where retired Army Special Forces Green Beret Luke Dill assessed the damage. A block over, homes just completely obliterated down to the foundation. The other three deaths occurred just north of Nashville. In the city, more than 20,000 residents remained without power overnight as a cold front dropped temps below freezing. Number two. In new social media posts yesterday, former President Donald Trump announced he will not return to the witness stand in the $250 million civil fraud trial against him and his company. Trump was initially set to testify today to push back on New York Attorney General Letitia James claims that Trump vastly overvalued his properties to get favorable loans from banks. In the post, Trump said he has nothing more to say and called the trial a witch hunt. Number three. The UN's climate summit in Dubai is entering its final days, and delegates from the world's powers have yet to agree on plans to cap global emissions. In a weekend address at the COP28 summit, Massachusetts Senator Ed Markey urged countries to follow through with pledges to eventually end the use of oil and gas. COP should conclude with a final statement that says that the world wants to end this addiction, it wants to phase out fossil fuels. According to organizers, the world must cut global emissions in half by 2030 in order to remain on target with prior climate commitments. 
Start of a busy week on Wall Street. We'll get a new report on consumer inflation tomorrow. And Wednesday, the Federal Reserve will meet for the final time this year. It's expected to hold interest rates steady at a range of five and a quarter to five and a half percent. A mystery solved aboard the International Space Station. Crew members say they've located a tomato that had been missing for eight months. They were so concerned about the location of the tomato because it was one of the first harvested in space. During a live-streamed event celebrating the 25th anniversary of the ISS, NASA astronaut Jasmine Mogbelli said fellow crew member Frank Rubio had been exonerated in the tomato's disappearance. <laughs> he didn't make that sandwich after all? I, uh, I, is that what <laughs> no, I guess not. <laughs> exonerated. Thank you, Dom. Thanks for being with us. The worried owners of a missing German shepherd were done dumbfounded to discover their 70-pound pup hiding in plain sight 25 feet up a tree near their home in Northern California. It happened in Lotus, northeast of Sacramento. Brian Spees told KCRA that he'd become concerned when young Luna hadn't returned home after playing outdoors last Sunday. He was especially worried given the mountain community's plethora of predators, including bears, coyotes, and mountain lions. The situation seemed hopeless until the following morning when friends discovered Luna in her unlikely perch. The New York Post says it's unclear why Luna decided to attempt such a dangerous ascension up a tree. However, her owner suspects she was probably chasing a squirrel up the pine, which was angled in such a way that a dog could clamber up with relative ease. Thankfully, Mr. Spees had access to a 25-foot ladder and was able to quickly retrieve Luna. That'll do it for this hour. For Dom Savino and Mike Gavin, I'm Gordon Deal. Thanks for listening to This Morning, America's First News.